On this episode of Resi Week, we talk selling from Facebook and the shifting market. All this and more on this episode of Resi Week. The network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is AV Nation. This is AV Nation. This is Resi Week, episode 351, 6% for marketing. Support for AV Nation is brought to you by Just Add Power, the global leader in video over IP solutions with systems that give you easy installation, unmatched scalability, and outstanding performance. Welcome to this episode of Resi Week. This is your weekly roundup of all the latest news and stories for the residential AV industry. I'm your host. Matt D. Scott for avnation.tv. And this week, I am pleased to be joined by two of my good friends. First, we have Mr. Dennis Holzer. He's the CEO of Powerhouse Alliance just over the lake. How are you doing, Dennis? I am terrific. Thanks for having me. And good to see you, Matt and Jason. Good to see you, my friend. Then uh, the Jason that he's referring to is Mr. Jason Knott. He is the Chief Content Officer at CE Pro. How are you doing, Jason? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Thank you for being here. All right, gentlemen, we are going to kick off today's show with a story that comes to us from CE Pro. A 21-second Facebook video has resulted in a $30,000 installation. Uh, Insight Security out of Alabama uh, posted a, you know, one of those quick little 21-second videos <laughs> um, of a mantle mount TV install, pulling it down, doing the swivel, putting it back up, all those fun things that everybody loves to do with the Mantle Mount product. And subsequently, uh, fairly quickly, um, they had somebody reach out after seeing that and went, oh, that's really cool. Can we look at that for this house I'm building? And it turned into, you know, the domino effect of uh, <coughs> uh, Taylor's business acumen uh, to where he was able to convert that lead into a lovely $30,000 project and said that he's getting additional leads again out of that uh, super simple, uh, not produced 21 second video, which I, I love seeing stories like this because if you if you search anything on social for like technology and stuff, it's it's not typically a basic video. It, it's usually some guy who's like, Hey, this is Bob. And let me show you how to mount my TV. Um, which I, I don't think those help us gain sales at all in any way, shape or form. Um, Dennis, th this is obviously really, really cool to see, but it brings a bigger question. in. We have been talking about social media and leveraging social media for years. And yet it seems that these stories are still rare. You see a lot of people investing a lot of time and money into Facebook, into Instagram, into TikTok. Um, and I don't, I don't see or hear, uh, and maybe Jason, you can chime in on this as well, but I, I don't see a lot of people generating attributable leads to those things. It may be an additional thing of like, oh, I also saw your ad here, um, but it's pretty rare to, to see a, a an actual quality lead come out of social media. Are we as an industry, are we leveraging social media well enough or are we still kind of just playing with it? I think we're still playing with it. Um, I think everybody 
if you ask anybody in the industry, they say we need to have it. Mm -hmm. And, but if you fall, give them a follow-up question and say, why you're going to get a lot of blank stares. Um, you know, social media is important. Why? I don't know. You know, um, and that's, that's what happens is that, and the other thing, Matt and, and Jason, I, I think you'll agree that so often when you see a lot of these things, you see a product. Yeah. You see on social media or Facebook, they're showing a product. The difference in this one, and I think this is it, this is very important. This is a product in its environment and what else goes along with it. And I think that's where the derailment is here that on, on a lot of the social media and Facebook, you're looking at one product and people really, it's us who needs to get the story out that this product does this in this environment. And we're not doing a good job. And I think that's a lot because we don't understand social media very well. Um, I will tell you, there's a lot of, of these video companies popping up that are trying to push this where they'll do videos for you and, and it encompasses everything. And, and I yeah. think that's important. And, and, you know, the Internet, it's a great thing, but it's dangerous. And when, you know, we always when it's not presented correctly or again in the environment, how many and, and Matt, you would know this as well as anybody, how many people might call you and say, hey, I saw this. I'd like to have this in my house. Yeah. And they think it's, you know, that product and it is that product. But again, often, you know, if you're talking about some of these products, you know, with a motorized mount, um, you probably should have some good networking in your house and different things that go along with it to make it a lot better. So uh, I think that's the anomaly here that this guy showed it in its environment. And I think that's where we're missing the boat that as much as we know about social media is how much we still don't know about social media. Yeah, some of the things that come to mind for me on this is, um, one is I think we're past the point where I hear from integrators who say, oh, my clients aren't on social media. Right. I used to hear that a lot yeah. 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. And it's like, okay, well, I guess none of your clients are brain surgeons because those guys are on social media too. Um, but the thing that's missing to your point, Matt, is the nurturing of that lead or the yeah. nurturing of that person. So I, this reminded me of, I guess it was about 10 years ago. I can remember talking to the Mantle Mount guys who were super excited because one of the Jonas brothers had posted a video of his motorized Mantle Mount TV and they got tens of thousands of leads. Yeah. Now they were all 16 year old teeny bopper <laughs> girls um, who had seen the Jonas brother video and it, and it actually, but it ended up being bad for them because they, they go, we had no mechanism in place mm -hmm. whatsoever to handle all this incoming traffic noise in essence is what it was that was coming in. And so even in this case, I mean, I think this integrators, I, I think this is an awesome story. I, I think he's lucky because he probably doesn't have a nurtured um, campaign set up where they're going to see the video, give the contact yep. information, yep. have a follow-up with some questions to, to, to basically uh, qualify that lead before he wastes his time picking up the phone and calling 
whoever it was that responded to that video. It's, it's, it's not as simple as it sounds. You know, I talked to integrators who were at CD Expo, like, oh my God, we're, we were taking videos of the, the uh, folding TV, you know, and, and we're number one in Instagram now and those sorts of things. That's awesome. But then it's the next step. Yeah. You know, what is that next step of converting that person into a verified lead? Well, and, and uh, if I can put on my social media hat for a minute, the, the fact that this was a mantle mount, I think likely really, really helped. If he had just shown a really cool installation in a room, it's still just a TV in the wall. As much as we as the industry know, there's so much stuff that went into making that happen. Not everyone has seen a mantle mount. So when you do um, sell one and you pull it down and you do the whole thing, people just have this like, oh my gosh, that's amazing. Um, so I, I'm sure that helped a little bit. I think the one thing that I see with with the marketing aspect in general is to your point, Jason, there's been a thing in marketing for as long as I've ever learned about it, heard about it, followed it, tried to utilize it, that you have to have a incredibly high touch point before you get any reaction from your potential client, right? So if you were doing mailers, you had to send out something like 12 mailers before someone would see it and remember it, right? Like that was a very common thing in, in print advertising. Social's the same way. You can swipe through stuff forever and it takes seeing that same name and those same projects multiple times before somebody sees it and goes, oh, that's really, really cool. As much as some, some people in the channel have gotten pretty good at um, putting stuff out there, are we still not grasping this the same way that the designers do? Because when I check my, like when I look at my Instagram feed, it is a couple of things. Um, one being home design, just because I'm fascinated by really nice architecture. And some of those designers do a phenomenal job. And a lot of them do an absolutely terrible job. And when I see the AV community, the majority fall into that doing a terrible job. Do we need to be outsourcing this? Like, like it ha has social media progressed past what the average mom and pop shop can do? Yeah. And I'll, I'll make it, maybe make it a little bit broader than when you're just defining social media here, I'll call it marketing. Yeah. Um, and you know, CE Pro is a sister publication, security sales and integration that focuses on the professional security market. The The average security company spends 6% of their uh, expenses on marketing. Now, it's a dog-eat-dog -dog business. Yep. You know, it's a different type of business. And uh, I understand that. And they're doing that to generate leads. But I think that integrators need to do what I was saying before is maybe they need to have a marketing expenditure, one on as you say, how to maybe properly create social media and get that buzz, but then the conversion factor. Mm -hmm. There has to be uh, some sort of expenditure or some sort of um, operation put in place to be able to convert that. I'll call that marketing. Um, the other thing that's kind of hamstringing the whole thing is guys are so busy and it's kind of what our next story is what we're <laughs> going to talk about. They're so busy. They don't, they don't need to, to do what we're talking about for the most part. Um, uh, they don't need 
they're not out there seeking. I think I've seen you said twelve times on a direct mail. Yeah. I think I've seen something about TV commercials. It's something like seven times. Yeah. Before it's a seven, the they have to see it seven times before they register and recognize that. Oh, I should be buying those donuts or whatever it might be. So, but I think it's marketing in general, and I think that the, the industry has not needed to market. We're in a great position where they don't need to market, but it would be great for them to be able to have some sort of way to convert those things into viable leads. And I yeah. think that's where they should put their focus. That's a good point. All right, gentlemen, let's change topics as you alluded to there, Jason. Uh, this comes to us from a residential systems and actually our guest from last week, uh, the, the Bronx brothers, uh, Mr. Todd Anthony Puma and Mark Feinberg. Um, the shifting market, high-end and entry-level jobs keep coming in, but mid-sized projects seem to be disappearing. Um, <coughs> Todd and Todd and Mark in this article allude to something that, gosh, we've talked about uh, on this show on the the commercial side of aviation for years that there is a erosion of the middle market. Uh, Todd says that uh, typically their their entry. Uh, or sorry, some of their projects that typically would have been in the forty to fifty thousand dollar range are now in the twenty five to forty thousand dollar range. Um, Mark is saying that he's seen uh, a lot of their projects become simpler, and just a, a smart TV and a, a sound bar and a wireless subwoofer, opposed to a universal remote and a control system. Uh, a lot of times, eliminating video distribution. All of those things that we used to rely on across the board are they're disappearing. Jason, let me let me come back to you and start with you on this one. Is there anything that can save the middle market? Or cuz cuz again, as I said off the top, I I remember talking to Harry Mead um in the commercial space about the middle market dying like 8 years ago. At least we've talked about it on this show for years that the middle market just keeps shrinking. Is there anything that's going to save that? I think there there is. And I think that, that the um, what I see, if you really, let's kind of break down the market for a second. The, we have this DIY space mm -hmm. that is out there that I won't even call the entry level space because it's DIY yep. that is getting, that builds huge awareness for the channel and for smart home. Um, most 99.9% most .9 of integrators don't even touch any sort of a DIY solution for their customer base. Then, as we've seen, the high end is very well insulated. You know, there's the, these projects, as they mentioned in the article, this is a great article, by the way, I love this article, um, talking about how their their bigger projects are just getting bigger and bigger. Yeah. Um, um, now we find this area in the middle that most integrators aren't serving. And when you say the, the market is, um, will it save the market? I think integrators aren't even trying to address that market. Most of them are trying to continue to focus on the, the affluent um, high end of the space. Nobody's really doing repeatable, um, smaller. I mean, I should say nobody. Very few integrators are out there doing repeatable, smaller projects in like, I'll say like that $10,000 range. Yeah. Um, you know, I think we talked about this before when I just had my house up in New Hampshire, I couldn't get an integrator to do the $10,000 project, yeah. the four TVs and the cameras. Nobody wanted it, even mm -hmm. though there was recurring revenue built into it and everything because they're too busy. Why should they do that when they got a $50,000 job sitting on the side? So 
I think that this market, this this that that market, the middle market is going to be huge, and I do think that integrators should focus on it. I don't have that business model in my mind. I think it might have re- related to some sort of a retail play that's going to have to feed that mechanism. I don't know, or to what we were talking about a second ago, social media, some sort of a broader base thing that's going to attract that. But I do think that that's a viable market, but but most guys are ignoring it. Yeah, that, that, you, you're not wrong on that. Dennis, is this a shift in the market or is this an evolution of technology? Because I think one of the largest drivers of the disappearance of this market is that the tech has evolved. We don't need to distribute video to four TVs anymore because it's way more cost effective to put a smart TV, a streamer and a like wireless cable box behind the TV. You don't need to centralize that. And half the time it's just going to be easier to function without that. Is tech the major driver on this? The one thing we're all not looking at, and having been in this industry, we're so used to it. Every year, all of these products decrease by 20% in cost. So you got to start there Mm -hmm. and understand that, um, you know, a a 60 inch TV that was four or $5,000 three or four years ago is under $1,000 now. Yeah. So some of it's not that the market disappeared. It's that the cost of that market has shifted downward because of price. That's first of all. Second of all, you're right in technology. You know, people, technology is the greatest thing and it's the worst thing in the world. Um, it's the greatest thing that we we have made it easier. And I think, Matt, if you go back several years that people had to put in a universal remote control if they wanted to do a lot of different things in different places. Well, now they can do it much easier. And, you know, and this is, and I was going to say it in the last segment and I'm going to say it now, we are a big, big, big part of the problem. And what I mean by that, and and Jason, you couldn't say the word any better, marketing, 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 Mm -hmm. you know, we have all lived in a foxhole, in my opinion, over the last three years. Business has been plentiful and integrators are backed up. You know, the one thing most integrators don't do today, and, and this is my opinion, they ought to take a piece of their marketing and God forbid they ought to contact clients they've done business with. Yeah. You know, most of our, they're looking for new business. They're looking for new business. They're looking for new business. How about the customer who wanted an 85 inch, but it was out of their price range four years ago or five years ago. So they put in a 60 and now they have a 1080p 60. How easy is it to call that customer and say, Hey, we put a 60 inch in your house four years ago we can put an 85 inch TV in your house today, which your room can handle at less than we put that 65 inch TV in and it's 4K. And so we, we walk away, we're, we're so happy that we got the job and we did what we were supposed to do. There's a gold mine, in my opinion, hanging from the trees. And I'm talking about very low hanging fruit. 
Need I say networking? Have we all used networking in the last three or four years? I mean, how difficult was it for installers to get networking jobs over the last three or four years? Everybody's staying home because of COVID. And if you would contact, um, and we are actually, I'm in the process of having a flyer drawn up that we can give to our dealers that they can send out to their past customers saying, hey, now we do surveillance cameras. We have TVs, 85-inch TVs starting at $11.99. And I I think we're just missing the opportunity. And as I said, because of the way prices are decreasing and decreasing, um, I mean, none of us are, are... are too young to remember that a, you know, a $25 HDMI cable that today is $2. So uh, I I think that's really the bigger part of where we're thinking these $50,000 jobs have gone away. They're getting bigger or smaller. The industry has made them smaller just before we do anything. And technology has made them even smaller because now we can do so many more things with less products. And, the last thing I'm going to say is how many times five years ago when people said, oh, we need a whole house remote. And then they realized that they were always, use, always using that remote in their family room. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, now we don't need an, a whole house remote control system, a control for our RTI. You know, we need a remote for the family room and one that can, tr- can control everything in there, which is significantly cheaper than... You know, we were always selling blinds and lighting years ago and never putting it in. Now we are. But again, I think the the industry, first and foremost, has separated the levels of the jobs that are out there. Is there is there anything to the client difference? And what I mean by that is this this is something that we we deal with um, internally in, in my company. That client that Jason, that you, you, you mentioned at, at 10 K, they are as demanding, if not more demanding than a $50,000 project client. And I've always attributed to that's all they, this is going to sound terrible, but that's all they have. They have 10 grand and it is a stretch for them to put that $10,000 into that basement entertainment room. So they are going to question everything, nitpick on everything, because to them, it's a really big deal. Whereas the client who's dropping 50K around his pool, um, not that the the 50K isn't important to them, not that they care any less, but it just seems to be an easier project and, and, and an easier client. Obviously, there are outliers that that prove all of that wrong. But in our experience, that's been really typical. It is how much of it is that, you know, to 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 get a client from from 10k to 12k is just a massive headache, and not worth the time. When, as you said, you can go do a fifty thousand dollar job with less headaches. I'm sure that's a contributing factor. I mean, I'm I'm sure that's that's all part of it. And uh, you know, to Dennis's point, <laughs> I can I think it was. 10 years ago now, it probably did. I did an analysis where I looked at the um, the Model T from Ford, Henry Ford, and said, Let, if we had done, if the mo- if 
automobiles had taken the same price trajectory that consumer electronics had taken, what would it cost for a Model T today? <clears throat> and it was like $3. Um, the original price was like $600, I think. Um, so this industry is unfortunately snake bitten by that from a technology standpoint that that does progressively drive them down. And I think you make a good point about the customer. Um, but I guess the way to look at it is, Matt, is maybe that $10,000 customer three or four years ago was a DIYer probably who may not even have called you. And um, so you're right. It probably that, that money means a lot to them, but um, they could be a persnickety client, I guess. Yeah. It's, it's entertaining to, uh, to, to go through those differences across the board. Uh, but obviously you got to do that for yourself and your own clientele. All right, gentlemen, let's leave it there. Thank you both so much for joining us. Jason, if people want to connect with you, learn more about CE Pro, where can they do that? They can go to cepro.com um, and they can subscribe for free to our, our newsletters and to the magazine, the monthly magazine. They can follow me on Twitter at Jason W. Knott. Excellent. Thank you, sir. Mr. Holzer, if people want to connect with you, learn more about Powerhouse Alliance and your network of distribution houses, where can they do that? They can do that on www.powerhousealliance.com. If they want to connect with me personally, dholzer at powerhousealliance.com. And we're up to 67 locations across the country, and we'd love to have the opportunity to serve you. And we thank you. And thanks for having me. Hey, thank you for joining us. All right. Thank you for listening. If you'd like to connect with me, you can find me on Twitter at Matt D. Scott and most other social channels, except for TikTok, because we don't do that. But more importantly, please visit avnation.tv where you'll find this show as well as a wide variety of other shows with all the verticals that we cover. When you visit the website, please take a moment to check out our supporters. We are extremely thankful for their support and ask that you check them out as well. Thanks again for watching. That's all the time we have for this episode of Resi Week.